Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. Due to budget cuts, tonight's guest host is... It's me, it's me, it's Ernest Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I am your host, Brian Levine, coming to you from an empty nest in Concord, North Carolina. Hey, it's Tuesday night, and in tonight's episode, we're going to go back to uh, tobacco history. We're going to start off around the uh, 1830s, picked up where we left off last week. My guest tonight is Premel Chetta. Premel is the owner-operator and a pipe maker at uh, Smoker's Haven in Columbus, Ohio, where you'll see me in, uh, ooh, what are we, about two weeks away from heading to Columbus for the pipe show? Yeah, two weeks. Then the fall pipe show season starts. Uh, music is inspired or recommended by Dan Locklear, so we'll have that. Mailbag and rant, all that coming up on tonight's episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show. And yes, I'm tired. All right, I admit it, I'm tired again. Moved the daughter off to college, and it was a, a couple of a couple of short nights and a couple of long days to get her there and get her all set up. She's there a week early for marching band, so if you happen to be watching a college football game this year and you see East Carolina University, she'll be in the marching band out on the field, playing away out there. Uh, college campus life, I don't think we'll have too much of a problem with her getting involved in all those issues. I'm just worried about all those boys that are going to be around there, but I can recommend that if you're a boy and you're looking for a school to go to, the uh, male-to-female ratio at East Carolina, three girls for every boy. Yeah, a three-to-one ratio at East Carolina University. Uh, Makes me want to go back to college. So, anyway, uh, real quick before we get the show going... Make sure and stop by and see me at the Columbus Pipe Show, the NASPC Pipe Show, Dublin, Ohio, last weekend of the month. Any uh, Pipe Show-related timing questions, go to PipesMagazine.com and click on Pipe Shows, and there's a whole list of upcoming events. All right, let's get the show rolling so everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you to the McBaron Tobacco Company, and here we go. What are you looking for in a pipe? Is it the quality of aged briar? Is it a certain shape or finish? Maybe it's the sound engineering that ensures an effortless, smooth draw with each and every puff. That's exactly the kind of pipe Savinelli has delivered for generations now. With such a variety of shapes, finishes, and sizes, it's easy to find something that fits your sensibility and style. Just this year, we've expanded our lineup to include the Bianca, the Lancelotto, the 2015 collection, and the final installment in the Leonardo da Vinci line, the Vitruvio. For a bolder style, try our more colorful 2015 editions as well. The exotic cashmere, the sultry licoricea, and the striking archibaldino red. So whatever you're looking for in a pipe, know there's a Savinelli waiting for you. Contact your local or online retailer to find your Savinelli today. If you're looking for quality, 
if you're looking for a variety, and if you're looking for someone with a reputation for nothing but the best, you're looking for cupofjoes.com. Cupofjoes.com has hundreds of pipes to choose from and thousands of different pipe tobaccos. Cupofjoes.com is also your one-stop shop for Peterson pipes, their exclusive line of Peterson Kelly pipes. Check out their remodeled website at cupofjoes.com and be sure to like them on Facebook, cupofjoes.com. Quality products at extraordinary prices. It's me, it's me, it's Ernest. We are back, and I uh, pushed the wrong button. Sorry about that. Promise not to do it again. (laughs) All right, going back into um, the history of tobacco from tobacco.org. In 1833, in Kirtland, Ohio, uh, Mormon founder Joseph Smith announces to church leaders that God opposes strong drinks, hot drinks, and tobacco. This proclamation becomes known as the Word of Wisdom, but considered as counsel or advice rather than a commandment. Um, I like all three of those. In 1839, in North Carolina, Yaller Cure. Flu-cured bright tobacco. Yes, charcoal is used in flu-curing for the first time in North Carolina. Not only cheaper, its intense heat turns the thinner, low-nicotine Piedmont leaf a brilliant golden color. This results in the classic American bright leaf variety, which is so mild it virtually invites smokers to inhale it. And then it quotes some stuff in there. Uh, in parentheses, it says, Legend has it that one night an 18-year-old slave named Peter was assigned to keep watch over a barn of tobacco on the Slade farm tending the fire, feeding it just enough wood to push a steady, smoky heat through the barn. He fell asleep and only woke up after a rainstorm had cooled the barn and drenched his wood. Desperate, he got some charcoal from the blacksmith shop and used it to superheat the barn. This process accidentally turned the tobacco golden and imbued it with a mild, buttery taste. Thus was the Brightleaf tobacco industry born. Uh... Interesting how oftentimes a uh, new invention is because of a mistake. And uh, driving through the uh, low country of eastern North Carolina, saw some tobacco in the uh, in the ground this weekend. Uh, in 1840, Mifflin Marsh begins the Marsh Wheeling Cigars in Wheeling, West Virginia. So there we have the birth of a still around American cigar company. A fun one here in 1842 in China, the Opium War. The Treaty of Nanjing forces China to accept opium from British traders. So they're passing around opium. Uh, In 1843 in France, SADA, the tobacco monopoly, begins manufacture of cigarettes. The company is still in existence. uh, However, it's owned by Imperial Tobacco now. Uh, In 1845, John Quincy Adams writes to Reverend Samuel H. Cox, In my early youth, I was addicted to the use of tobacco in two of its mysteries, smoking and chewing. I was warned by a medical friend of the pernicious operation of this habit upon the stomach and nerves. Uh, Relaxes me. Uh, let's see, 1846 to 1848, the Mexican War, U.S. soldiers bring back from the Southwest a taste for the darker, richer tobacco favored in Latin countries. Cigarros and cigarillos leading to an explosive increase in the use of the cigar. The South uh, remains firmly attached to chewing tobacco. 
1847, here's a landmark for you. In England, Philip Morris opens shop, sells hand-rolled Turkish cigarettes. That is the beginning of the same Philip Morris company that we know now as the massive cigarette giant. In 1848, in Italy, a tobacco war erupts as Italians stop smoking to protest Austrian control of the tobacco monopoly. When Austrian soldiers smoke cigars on the street, deadly riots break out. Uh, What I find that's interesting about this is, coming from Austria, we have a couple of immigrants to the U.S. that start very large tobacco businesses. One of them is uh, Herman Lane. And the Lane Limited Company, Herman was an Austrian immigrant. Same thing with uh, several, uh, there's a couple other guys that uh, don't have their names on the company, but their businesses are still around. Uh, J.E. Liggett and Brother is established in St. Louis, Missouri by John Edmund Liggett. That's the same Liggett Cigarette Company. In 1849, the California Gold Rush. One commentator writes of this period, I have seen... Purer liquors, better cigars, finer tobacco, truer guns and pistols, larger drinks and bowie knives, and prettier courtesans here in San Francisco than in any place I have ever visited, and it is my unbiased opinion that California can and does furnish the best bad things that are obtainable in America. Uh, Quick side note, I was born there. In 1852, Washington Duke. A young tobacco farmer builds a modest two-story home near Durham, North Carolina for himself and his new bride. The house and the log structure, which serve as a tobacco factory after the Civil War, may still be seen at the Duke Homestead Museum. And we talked about the Duke Company, the Duke Energy Company coming out of tobacco. And for some of you, the last thing we'll talk about right now some of you, this was an important date in 1852. Matches. Matches are introduced, making smoking more convenient. All right, we'll stop right there for now, and in just a few minutes, Premal Chetta will be on the phone with me. This is Internet Radio. Craftsmanship. History. Tradition. These are the hallmarks of all quality products. From the finest wines bottled in France to the most highly engineered automobiles manufactured in Germany, Denmark has been the one country in the world where craftsmanship, history and tradition have for centuries created the finest pipe tobaccos in the world. Since 1887, the Halberg family have led the pipe tobacco industry through their ownership of Mac Baron Tobacco Company and they continue to create the most sought-after blends in the world today, just as they did over 100 years ago. In keeping with their long history of providing the world with the best tobacco on earth, Mac Barron is proud to announce their newest creation, Modern Virginia, as a loose-cut version and a flake version. Bright and dark, rich Virginia tobaccos have been combined with just a hint of burley for strength in this soft and smooth smoke with delicious fruit undertones. As the world leader in flake tobacco production, Mac Barron is sure that this blend will appeal to the true connoisseurs of traditional Virginia flake tobacco, as well as those who like their tobaccos on the sweeter side. Enjoy the culmination of centuries of experience by picking up a tin of modern Virginia from Mac Barron Tobacco Company. Available at fine tobacconists everywhere. 
This is Phil Morgan, General Manager of Missouri Meerschaum Corn Cob Pipes in Washington, Missouri. Our mission since 1869 has been to produce great smoking pipes that anyone can afford. We guarantee our pipes won't be your most expensive, but they just might be the ones you smoke the most. At Missouri Meerschaum Company, we don't just sell our corn cob pipes. We grow them, make them, and smoke them. Missouri Meerschaum, Washington, Missouri, since 1869. Welcome back to the Pipes Magazine radio show. And joining me on the phone is, uh, God, Premel, I think I've known you for 15, 16 years now. We go way back. One of my favorite people to run into, especially when I'm heading out to Columbus for the pipe show. But please welcome... Uh, tobacconist and pipe maker Premel Chetta to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Well, thank you for having me. I I <laughs> feel like I know everything about you, so if you say something that's exciting or interesting or different to me, I may fall over. But let's go. To, let's go all the way to the beginning. Uh, were you you were basically born in the tobacco business? Well, somewhat. My uh, my my family parents. Um, had gift shops running, um, and they were they were kind of remote gift shops at the county fair and and in the mall during uh, holidays. And then I think by the time I was six six years old, um, family bought a tobacco shop in the Springfield Mall called Smoke and Spirits. And from from like seven years on, I was there behind the counter weighing out tobacco and sweeping the floors and uh, getting a handful of quarters and going to the arcade and spending it. <laughs> Wait, did, did they know about the quarters? Oh, yeah, that's that was my pay. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, or to get out of their hair for a little while. Give us a brief history on Smoker's Haven, the store. I mean, it's one of the, it's one of the American classics, and... Give us the brief history and when did your family buy it? Well, it was uh, it was opened in 1940 by Joe Zeev, and uh, Joe was immediately after he opened the business stationed in England for the war, and his his wife and brother-in-law ran the business for a couple of years while he was in England. But while he was in England, he made all the connections with. Uh, pipe companies and tobacco companies, so primarily Sobrani, Sheraton, Barling, and GBD. And when he came back, he was able to import all these products and really make the business thrive. And it thrived all the way through the 70s as as one of the largest businesses, uh, at least in the country. And um, And then he sold the business in the early 80s, and the second owner was a group of people and eventually went to the one person. And, um, you know, unfortunately, that, that that person was unable to upkeep the business. And then my family ended up purchasing it in around ni- late 1987. And from there on, you know, the business was ran... Um, just as it was maintained, uh, and the real potential of it wasn't completely utilized until during the cigar boom and just right after when I got really involved. Um, but throughout all those years, I was working 
just just here and there helping out the family and um and then in the in the late nineties is when <clears throat> I got very interested and uh that's where led up to today where where it's uh brought back a lot of the old uh, tobacco blends and and the interest in pipes and uh the real just interest in the product uh that was one thing that was missing until I got involved. Yeah, so let, let's talk about it. At one point, Smoker's Haven was the importer for GBD pipes in the U.S. Am I correct? I, I don't believe it was the, you know, Smoker's Haven was the sole importer. However, um, it definitely was the largest client for GBD. Uh, probably in the world, but it, there was distribution of GBD pipes throughout the country. Um, early on, there may have been some direct importation. Uh, I, I couldn't find any records on direct purchases from GBD factory or, or uh, it would have been Oppenheimer, I guess, uh, from England. Um, although the Oppenheimer branch, it, U.S. There's there's a lot of records for that, wow. and however they they were bringing in uh, directly from Barling and Sheraton for many many years. Um, that was in in primarily the 1950s. So, uh, and I believe they were one of the Dunhill uh, accounts as well. So the, the the four brands were Sheraton, GBD, Barling, and Dunhill. And they would not carry Sassini, and they would not carry Kamois. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, we won't worry about that, but it must have been a, uh, <laughs> maybe a little competition thing. But uh, when, did the, uh, when did the Smoker's Haven pipe tobaccos start? Well, the, the, the first tobaccos were originally made by Philip Morris, um, and those were American-blended Burley-based blends. And those were... 19 early 1940s on all the way through the 70s um, and then Philip Morris's pipe tobacco division became US tobacco which then was sold to the operator and over the years the name changed uh, it was Redline International for a little while then it became House of Windsor and eventually they went bankrupt but those blends were the first 40s, but then the Sobrani made blends came in the late 40s, and it started with uh, one blend, and that was the base blend for a few of our blends. It's called Our Best Blend, and that was developed by Sobrani and Smirkers Haven, and uh, there was a particular blend that everyone is wanting right now that I can't even get, uh, Crumble Cake, and... This is a little bit of speculation, but a little bit based on past customers and and some some talk that we've been able to correspond with um, uh, our current suppliers. Is that that blend was the cut and the blend was developed by Joe Zeev, and he was able to get Sobrani to make it for him. So some of the equipment was specially made for us. Wow. Um, and then later. Bengal slices came, and then and then much later, Penzance came. Um, but that was uh, that all started with crumble cake. 
Now, your blends are for uh, for those that absolutely love Latakia. There is Latakia throughout them all. So, uh, are there milder versions to fuller bodied? Well, it's it all depends on what you consider full and mild. If you if you're if you're referencing the Latakia, then select mixture has least amount, just a pinch, and then in between. Just have a lot of Latakia. Um, if you're referencing body and the smoke, Select is actually one of the fullest because of the Virginias in there. Um, you get quite a bit of a, a flavor, and and then you know the rest are more kind of medium to full in in body. So I, you know I, that's where it, it's all perception on the on the customer or the person smoking. Um, what they will consider that is full or mild in that sense. So since crumble cakes, um, not available right now, uh, what are your, what are some of your better selling blends in your line? So right, right now I've got five blends that are made for us by Jeff Tremaine and son. And the best selling one is exotic mixture. And I, and you know, historically it wasn't so much, but it's fairly unique in the sense that it's mostly Turkish tobaccos um, and Latakia. Wow. And there's not too many tobaccos like that on the market. Uh, then the other ones, uh, Cognac has always been very good. Uh, that's a full English with with uh, you know, a little bit of a Cognac added to it, which is not aromatic in the sense that most people think aromatics. Um, it does have a little bit of an aroma, but the flavor, the burn, is strictly English. And then the other in-between and 20th anniversary are also full Englishes, um, but they're, they're just a little bit different. And Select Mixture is mostly a Virginia, which is the touch of Latakia. And then there's one that I've been out of stock for quite some time, uh, which we'll, we will start getting this year, but unfortunately, it's going to go to people that have been waiting for it, um, and we're not going to have enough to make it available, and it's our best blend, and hopefully by next year, we'll be able to make it available to the public. Uh, crumble cake, I don't know yet. That's, that's something that uh, after... We're able to stabilize the uh, availability of our best blend, then we'll work on that. Now, Germain is the same the same people that make uh, the Esoterica line, and they're famous for absolutely not rushing a thing. They wait for the tobacco to be right, and they wait for the blend to be right. So, is that that's part of your uh, your big supply issues is that you're stuck working with a you want the best, but you also want to make sure that they uh, that they only ship you the best too. Yes, yes, definitely. And it and it was not a problem up until a few years ago, where demand just shot through the roof for you know all pipe tobacco in general, and uh, and they just did not have the capability of growing and increasing production and I and it's primarily due to labor issues in the British Isles um, their production 
from from what I've spoken with the Germains, their production has increased every year by a little bit, but it's it's not enough to meet the extraordinary demand. So, so they and, sit and wait and uh, keep us all wanting more. <laughs> yes, but they they mean very well. You know, I, I know people have become upset because they're unable to get to get the blends, but. Um, you know, I, I try to communicate with people that uh, what they're doing is a very respectable thing. They, they're making sure they do not ever cut a corner in order to get more product out. And they also are protecting their business and the longevity of the business and their blends by slowly increasing production. Um, and that's ultimately, you know, we can all get a little bit here and there, um, you know, you, you do have to search for it and hunt for it, but it's, it's available. Um, it might not be enough where you can hoard it, but you can definitely enjoy it on occasion. Uh, and then with some of our blends, I've been able to work with them where, um, I'm, I'm very careful of making sure that I can stock and, you know, I held inventory for a little while until I made sure that we can, we can keep the inventory up so we don't run out. Uh, however, I do run out on occasion on one or two of the blends, uh, but then we get restocked fairly quickly. But somewhere in Ohio, there's not a secret stash of a massive amount of this stuff, and you're uh, you're just sitting on it, hoarding it away. No, not not uh, not anymore. I, I did, uh, you know, back in the. Around 2004 or five, I purchased extra um, just so we could we could build up an inventory. But uh, not, I can't I can't do that anymore. So there's just uh, the demand is way too high. We're going to take a break right here. When we come back, we're going to talk about pipe making. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. My name is Shane Ireland, and I'm the pipe manager at SmokingPipes.com. It's my job to source and select the absolute best pipes from all over the world. We take collecting seriously, so you should think of us as your team of personal pipe shoppers. When you browse our site and make your selection, the pipe you've picked out has traveled from the maker to our merchandising and quality control department. It was then given to our highly skilled photographers, videographers, and copywriters before being carefully and lovingly packaged by our shipping team. Pipe you see is the pipe you get, and it's just the one you've been searching for. Whether you're on the hunt for that next special piece to add to your collection, or would simply like a recommendation from our extensive selection of tobaccos, give us a call at 1-888-366-0345, and our friendly experts will be glad to assist you. We are quality. We are experts. We are collectors. We are SmokingPipes.com. Don't try to fool us. We know something is getting you down. The world. The job. Your wife. The rotten kids. What you need is a break that is guaranteed to boost your spirits. And the West Coast Pipe Show in Las Vegas provides that break every year. Get off the plane. Look at those garish neon lights on Las Vegas Boulevard and start smiling. Then, come to the Palace Station Hotel for a two-day, non-stop, spirit-lifting immersion in your favorite hobby. 
Pipes. Nothing but pipes. Smoke on the showroom floor. Gamble or gamble with those great friends you see all too infrequently. When you get home only a little bit poorer, and why shouldn't the kids go to the local JC instead of being spoiled by that expensive university? You will be so much happier to see the wife and the kids. Unfortunately, we can't help with the job situation. November 6th and 7th, 2015, Las Vegas, Nevada. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. Premel and I are hanging out. And you know, all right, here's Premel. This is something that I don't know. Uh, what what made you want to get started making pipes? Well, <clears throat> I'm not too sure. It just kind of <laughs> happened. Um, I was, I was uh, just cleaning up the state pipes for my father in the, in the late 90s. And I always like to tinker with things. So... I thought, oh, I can make a pipe, and uh, I found out it was a lot harder than I than I thought. And I made a lot of bad pipes from from kits. And uh, fortunately, Tim West was was there to give me a little help here and there. And then um, <clears throat> also Steve Anderson from uh, Pipes and Pleasures. Uh, he was a him and Rosewheat they were pipe makers, and he gave me a few tips. I didn't really work with with him or Tim, but um, they were very very helpful. And um, <clears throat> then I, you know, I was dealing in a lot of artisan pipes back in the early 2000s, and and I saw how nice these pipes were, and especially I had a lot of influence from Mike Butera, and some of the pipes I carried were were, you know, the guys that are legends out there, um, and I was just examining the pipes and looking at them, as, and I thought I want to make those, I want to make something similar. And so, luckily, I became uh, developed a very good friendship with Mike Butera through the business first. He was importing our blends for us through J.F. Tremaine and Son. And um, I mentioned to him one day that I was making some pipes here and there, and and uh, and he tore me a new one for <laughs> for the pipes I was making, and uh, <laughs> invited me down and. Um, you know, he was really open. He he pretty much showed me everything in just a few days, and I I think I just caught him at the right time. He he uh, he liked me, and he wanted to share it with somebody. He had that itch to to uh, teach, and uh, and I was there at the right time, and and we got along very well. And I I I tried to give back to him as much as I could at the time. Um, Tell him how to open up his email or whatnot. <laughs> but um, uh, I, I really try to take care of him now, though. He's he's done so much for me, and and he's he's has shown me the fundamentals of being a good person, a businessman, and with pipe making. And um, but that's that's pretty much how I got interested, and um, and also I was I was really interested to be able to give proper feedback and really make good choices on the pipes that I purchased for my customers. And that was part of it as well. Um, and then, uh, and then from there on, I just, uh, really delved into it and developed a good workshop and started making pipes, good pipes finally. And now, now that you've learned the, learned the ins and outs of a, of a high grade pipe, 
when you're going back and cleaning estate pipes, because you guys do a whole bunch of estate stuff, uh, does it bother you when you yep. see when you see some of the stuff that other pipe companies used to do or uh, the little shortcuts? To well, it, it doesn't bother me, but it's it's uh, I I feel for the consumer because they could be getting a better experience sometimes, you know, depending on on which pipe it is. I'm not going to name any names, <laughs> but um, it you know. The thing is, there were, there were a lot of good examples, like um, some of the best engineered pipes, and that's what I'd focus on is the technical qualities, were probably barlings from, you know, pre-1960. Um, that's basically the way that they made those pipes is basically how we make pipes today that the individual pipe maker makes today to that high standard. And so there's some very good examples from way back. Um, and then, yeah, the bad examples are, are pretty bad. And even to this day, there's some, some really bad ones. But uh, we try to educate the customers. And and uh, when I see something bad, you know, sometimes I'll fix it. And But, you know, mostly what I do with the state pipes is I, I clean them and sell them in their original condition, you know, whatever condition that is. So, uh, but it's, it's, it's really good valuable tool as a pipe maker to be able to see all that and to be able to examine all those pipes for shape and for technical design. So what was the hardest thing for you to figure out when you started making pipes? Um, well, when I started, I, you know, the knowledge just wasn't there. I knew how to use my hands to make something, but I didn't know what I needed to make pipes because there was there was not really... The resources weren't there at that time. What we have now with the internet, with YouTube, with Pipe Makers Forum, with just Google searching something. So, so there was a lot of reading um, and woodworking magazine, machining magazines, you know, whatever I could find, and then talking to people. So one real good resource I had was Tim West right here. He was a pipe making supply. Um, you know, he, he had. J. H. Lowe, the pipe making supply business, and um, so he, that was a good, you know, initial introduction. But then, what really um, to make, you know, the precision pipes was you needed some other equipment, and that's where Mike Butera came into play. He he was really showed me what equipment I needed to get eventually in order to really utilize, uh, you know, your skill to make a very good pipe and efficiently too. So, and that was a challenge is to just figure out what you needed. And, and I had a lot of help from a lot of other pipe makers where for this little step or that little step, and, and it might've been a tool that you just make out of something else. Um, but just knowing was, there was, there was no way to know until you, see it from somebody else or you just have a need and make it up yourself do you drill the bowls first and then shape afterwards i did for a long time and now i do both where i where i shape first and drill and drill first and shape um i guess it just depends on the shape really um if we if we want to do a symmetrical 
classic without um, considering the grain orientation too much, then we're going to drill first and then shape. Um, and sometimes it's, it's just comforting because it, I'm, we're, I'm so familiar with it. Uh, however, the, the advantage to shape the pipe first and then drill it is where you can really utilize grain. And uh, that's something you, I, I think it takes some experience to really know what you're doing and how to really use the briar. Uh, and I'm, I'm not there yet. It's, it's, I'm still working on it. Was there a classical shape that took you longer to get a handle on than others? I'm not sure. I, I think it was just getting the symmetry and using the tools to make what you want. That was the challenge. Um, really to, to make a, uh, a very nice straight long shank and, and have it flow into the stem, that's where that was challenging at first, but now it becomes natural. And on your website, which is smokershaven.com, it's spelled out correctly and everything, uh, the Buckeye Briars are pipes that you make there, but what's the difference between those and the Cheddar pipes? Well, the Buckeye pipes are made a lot faster uh, because we're not we're not making a very precision shape, and then we use a um, a very high quality pre-cut stem instead of a hand-cut stem. So the good news is the internals are identical to the uh, Cheddar pipes. So uh, and the same materials, uh, very high quality briar from Emo. But it's it's just takes a lot less time and we're able to put a lower price on it. And that's and that's something that um, uh, also other pipe makers make the Buckeye pipes, whereas Cheddar pipes is just uh, Jesse Jones and I at, the, at currently it was prior it was Bill Shalowski and myself. What's the uh, price range on the Buckeyes? Uh, anywhere from seventy five dollars to I think the highest we priced one is two fifty. So you, and it's all based on size and grain. So you get a, a a top quality piece of wood made well that could be seventy five to one hundred and fifty two hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah, in all those ranges. Uh, cheddar pipes. And it will smoke great. <laughs> cheddar yeah. pipes. What are the? Uh, what's the price range, and how do you do you grade them, or how do you mark them? Well, I used to grade them. Um, I actually stopped just just a few weeks ago, uh, and they were graded one through ten. Whether it was there's one through ten for smooth, one through ten for sandblast, but I stopped grading them because uh, I wanted to a long time ago. But it just you get into a habit and you keep going with it. Um, but I finally made the made the plunge and stopped grading them. But they range in price from from four hundred and twenty five dollars to a thousand approximately. And then they can go beyond that for some very special pieces. And um they're also every single pipe has a serial number. So it started with one and now it's up at around three oh six I think. You know, I'm looking at the website and I and I like the fact that you leave a whole bunch of the sold pipes up on the site. Uh, there's a uh, 
a chocolate Levat grade four that looks awfully familiar to me. <laughs> I think uh, you might have won that one, huh? Uh, it might be the one sitting here on the desk with me, but anyway. Um, <laughs> what can, I mean, estate pipe-wise, the business gets in all kinds of different pipes, and you get them in, clean them, and put them up as fast as you can. Is there a newsletter that we should sign up for? Yes, uh, we have a finally a regular weekly newsletter that goes out every Friday at, at the moment. So that day may change, but for now uh, we're very comfortable with that. And we don't we don't put up a lot of pipes usually, but uh, we've been pretty busy this summer actually. So there's there's been quite a few that have gone up. And you've got quite a selection of other American pipe makers. And I know occasionally you'll have other guys come in and just hang out and work in the workshop with you for a week or so. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's been quite a few guys and, um, it's, it's at least a few, uh, a few a year. And that's, you know, that's what I really enjoy is working with, uh, other pipe makers and teaching them and learning from them. And, and it's, uh, like to be around people in the workshop. I don't like working in the workshop alone. So <laughs> I welcome other pipe makers here all the time. So you're the opposite of most pipe makers where they like just climbing in the workshop by themselves and it's them and the block or briar. You'd rather have a whole bunch of people hanging out with you. Yes, definitely. But, you know, that's that's. I don't get too many pipes made is the problem. <laughs> <laughs> no, but there's a lot of stories made. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Premel, we will wrap this up with the fast five final questions. No right answer, no wrong answer, just whatever comes to your mind. Are you ready? I'm ready. What is your favorite pipe? Favorite pipe is a GBD prehistoric uh, Prince shape. Uh, it doesn't smoke very well, but, you know, there's <laughs> a, a memory, a lot of memories built up with that. And uh, especially with my father, that was you know he gave me the pipe and and he guided me through my entire life. So. What's your favorite tobacco? Our best blends, Smoker's Havens, our best blends. Absolutely, I've not had anything better that I like. And you don't have any of it right now, do you? I I don't. I <laughs> I. And all I've got some dried out stuff, and I might rehydrate that and smoke it right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's your favorite drink? Coffee, but uh, if we're talking about a real drink, probably a Manhattan. Well, coffee's a real drink. I drink a lot of that real stuff every day. <laughs> yeah. uh, when it's time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music? book or movie so i like um fantasy and you know token and uh martin and a bunch of other stuff and last question and then i've got one for i've got one for this too because it kind of involves you but uh do you have a do you have any particularly favorite pipe smoking memory you know there's a lot but um one in particular that that was where I really knew I was, you know, fell in love with pipe smoking and, and loved it. Um, I was at 
Chicago Pipe Show, I think it was 2002, I'm not sure. It was in the, the bar area by the elevators when you could smoke there. And someone gave me a Latakia blend out of a little cheap Ziploc plastic bag. I packed my pipe up and I had a perfect temperature Guinness from the bar. And it was just, it was just a very smooth smoke and beer and I was in heaven. And that's when I knew that uh, I really loved pipes and pipe tobacco and the, the whole experience and the people. And I'll, uh, I'll just share real briefly, uh, for those that don't know, we lost Primmel's father recently, and uh, one of my favorite memories was him coming around the pipe show, I believe it was two years ago, with grapes that he had that he was either trying to sell them or giving them away, but either way, there was a ton of grapes, and every time he'd walk by me, he wanted to make sure if I had enough grapes, and they were really good, and you your dad was uh, one of a kind. Well, thank you. It's um, you know it means a lot to me. And and Brian, uh, my father, he he really liked you a lot. Well, and, uh, I didn't say he had he taste. The, <laughs> he keeps telling me about the memories of uh, of you and Peter Stockerby and uh, all the good times you guys had. That's the uh, the best part of the business. It's, uh, yeah. Premel, I'll see you in a couple of weeks at the uh, NASPC show the end of this month. I'm looking forward to it. I am too, my friend. I, and I'm 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 sorry you can't go to the zoo this year. Yeah, don't 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 tell the zoo. They'll be <laughs> mad at me, but <laughs> Premel, All right, you have a good one. Thanks again. We'll see you soon. Thank you. Bye. We'll be back in just a minute. It's Saturday morning at the crack of dawn. The cool chill of night still clings to the air as the sun slowly rises over the misty surface of the lake. You've waited all week for just this moment. You know that today is going to be epic. Everything is here to ensure perfection, from the nice full cooler packed with your favorite suds to the other empty one, waiting to be filled with piles of freshly caught fish. Reaching into your pocket, you pull out your trusty briar and fill it with your favorite tobacco, aptly named Great Outdoors. It is the perfect smoke for moments like these. A strike, a flash, and your tobacco is lit as the delicious mixture ignites and swirls over your tongue and the deep, rich burleys with a hint of sweet Virginia dance in your mouth. You smile, casting your first line into the water the slowly widening ripples begin to stir as you feel the first bite of the day tug at your line. Now you know it truly is going to be a good day and a perfect time to enjoy the simple yet unmatchable pleasures of the great outdoors. Great Outdoors is another fine quality pipe tobacco manufactured by Sudliff, America's oldest tobacco company, and is available at fine tobacconists everywhere. Enjoy your perfect day by purchasing a tin today. Hi, my name is Eileen Sachi from MarketingPipes.com. If you attend the major pipe shows or buy pipes on eBay, chances are you know my dad, Hank Sachi, or eBuyer1932. 
My dad has been a pipe collector for over three decades and a reseller on eBay for the last 12 years. His new website is marketingpipes.com. At marketingpipes.com, you will find high-quality, hand-picked pipes. Carvers, join my dad's vast network of collectors across the globe and let my dad promote your brand. Collectors, consign your pipes at affordable commissions or buy your next collectible pipe at marketingpipes.com. Thank you. This is Internet Radio. Welcome back to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Want to apologize. Look, it sounds like we had a little bit of a gremlin in there when we were first talking to Premel. Uh, appears to have gotten it fixed, or maybe it's just the uh, Ernest T. Uh, anyway, all right, for music, for music, recommended by Dan Locklear is a piece from William Walton. And William, Sir William Walton was an English composer uh, born right around the turn of the 19th century, or the, right, born in 1902, uh, passed away in 1983. This piece is called the crown imperial it's a march that was uh, first performed at the coronation of king george the sixth it's uh, really cool it features an organ in it and everything so hope you enjoy it
was played by the Plymouth Easter Orchestra featuring organist Tom Trenny, uh, conductor Jerry Bankson, and of course Sir William Walton, a uh, lifelong pipe smoker. What's this? A letter for me. And Bugs Bunny just recently celebrated a uh, big birthday. I believe he's 75 now. All right, in the mailbag, John Seiler writes, Hi, Brian, I hope you're enjoying your new mobile sound system. Yes, the stereo is cool. Uh, John writes, I met Jeremy Reeves at the Chicago Pipe Show this past May. He is very knowledgeable. Uh, he is a very knowledgeable person, and I enjoyed our Sunday night conversation in the tent. I agree that CND is now a major player in the pipe tobacco field and will not be p- perceived as a mom-and-pop o- operation anymore. Obviously, Brian has never had any Rocky Mountain oysters. Not on purpose. Uh, By the way, I picked up the Einstein shirt. I may have to wear it at the Columbus show. Yay! Alright, Target, you owe me commission. Uh, Rant, don't worry, the girls make it through college also. You have the empty house syndrome, nice show. I like the tobacco blender series. And hopefully we'll have one or two more to come. Uh, MSO489 writes... Enjoyed the interview with Jeremy Reeves of Cornell and Deal. His life story with its various jobs and relocations has had an inspiring arc toward his current position as head blender at CND. I was fascinated by the amount of hand labor that goes into stripping leaf, and I also was much intrigued by his comments on Perique's role in enhancing aging in Virginia and other blends. I've always associated C&D with their unique appreciation and creativity with Burley blends, but Jeremy's interview expanded my sense of the variety of blends they do. Credit to Jeremy's wife for prompting him to apply for a job clear across the country and taking up his current calling. Yeah, uh, credit to her for uh, putting up with him, and uh, really interesting. He's almost like a real beatnik, uh, modern-day beatnik. So. Uh, Casey Ghost, Dan writes... Love the history lesson, the Conestoga Stogies, the hookers at Notre Dame, and the making of roll-your-own cigarettes using gunpowder wrappers, etc. was just sensational. Uh, Jeremy Reeves has that Jim Cook old hippie look, but he is very well-spoken. His travels were quite interesting, particularly the traveling commune aspect of it. I got the feeling he left something out when he explained how he went from someone selling pipes to being the head blender at C&D, and his life illustrates the mantra behind every good man is a great woman. Yes. Uh, For us old people, you could have asked, what the heck when it comes to tattoos and piercings? I need to know. I have a 16-year-old granddaughter who wants one, and I'm not taking the news well. Uh, That uh, brings up, all right, anybody got a... uh, Anybody got a pipe-related tattoo? Anybody want to comment on their tattoos or piercings? Post them on the radio show page. I'll uh, share them or uh, share them on the uh, Pipes Magazine radio show Facebook page. Um, Dan goes on to write, I enjoyed his discussion about improving C&D's quality control. They were rather widely known for having quality issues, particularly stems in the blend. I'm a big fan of turkey fries, but rooster... Uh, never heard of that. I don't want anything to do with awful as a rule. Uh, the Japanese claim that the cheeks are the best part of any fish. 
I could fully relate to the not with my daughter rant. Hell, I was sweating bullets when my oldest daughter went to preschool. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, Our Blood said, another great podcast, Brian. Thanks. Love the interview with Jeremy Reeves. What a great story of his journey ending up at C&D. Really enjoyed uh, his participation and wisdom when he hosted the PAX, the PAX crawl in June as well. Somebody do me a favor. Explain to me what a PAX crawl is. I'd appreciate that. And lastly, uh, PJ Hicks says, I hate this show. Every time I have some money set aside for non-pipe related activities, you go and interview someone with an interesting must-have item. Every damn time. Ha ha, sorry. Now you'll be like me, no money. Uh, He goes on to write, okay, I'm done. I love the interview and Jeremy needs to be thanking his wife effusively for browbeating him into what he obviously loves. Uh, I will be raiding my change jar as soon as I get home for some of the Christmas blend as well as some more Briar Fox. There absolutely is a double standard, yes. Uh, My 23-year-old son couldn't wait to get him out of the house and onto the path he chooses in life. I will always worry about him, but it was time. My 7-year-old daughter, I'm getting anxious just thinking about her leaving. Every college boy should know that most fathers don't mind going back to prison. I'll be praying for you all and wish your daughter a safe and fun experience. Love the show. Thank you very much. I'd like to reiterate, I have yet to go to prison, but I would not mind it for certain reasons. All right, uh, also on PipesMagazine.com, check out the latest Pipe Babe, and as soon as I get her picture in front of me, I will tell you what her name is. Uh, The latest Pipe Babe is Zoe, and Zoe is smoking a Brigham Voyager Shape 65 that I had my hands on at one time. So go to PipesMagazine.com and check that out, and in just a minute, rant time. I'm Jeremy Reeves, head blender of Cornell & Deal Pipe Tobacco Company. Since 1990, Cornell & Deal has been producing high-quality pipe tobacco, expertly blended by hand using time-honored methods, unique recipes, and no small amount of innovation. One example of such innovation is our bestseller, Autumn Evening. We start with whole leaf red Virginia and strip the stems by hand. The tobacco is then cut into ribbons and cooked for two days according to our unique recipe to create our special Red Virginia Cavendish. Then we infuse the tobacco while it's still hot with our secret flavoring to achieve the sublime sweetness, deep flavor, and delightful aroma that makes Autumn Evening so well-loved by our loyal customers and everyone around them as they enjoy this very special blend. Cornell & Deal Pipe Tobacco Company. It's a labor of love. Contact your local or online retailer for information. Eck, I wish I had a genie who could make it easy to order pipes and tobaccos online. You don't need a genie, sir. Visit fullnoggins.com. They stock all your favorite pipes and tobaccos, and every order gets fast personal attention. Orders are packed carefully and shipped quickly by priority mail. Fullnoggins.com. Fournoggins.com. I can still see you, you know. A bit rusty, sir. Fournoggins.com. It's me, it's me, it's Ernest Cowboy. Cowboy. 
Well, those gremlins are at it again, and those gremlins are inside of my four-and-a-half-year-old HP ProBook whatever laptop thing it is that I record the show on and I've been using exclusively for four-and-a-half years. Uh, the computer is getting old. I bought a new one. Bought a new computer, but in order to back up the old one, I had to run the hard drive, uh, the external hard drive, and the, the old one can't seem to handle running the external hard drive for a long time. It keeps crashing on me. It keeps crashing and crashing. It keeps overheating on me as I try to move files piece by piece. So I took it into the computer people over at Best Buy, and they said, well, you'd have to leave it with us for four or five days. I said, well, can't you just take the hard drive out and make a copy of it real quick? No, we have to have it for four or five days. I took it off to my local computer repair shop, They said that the only way they could do it was to have the computer for about two full business days to move everything, back it up, and put it all onto the new computer for me. Well, long story short, every night for the past 10-12 nights, I've been sitting here and moving small pieces at a time onto jump sticks and putting them onto the new laptop and backing up all the files slowly until I can get the new computer completely functional and operational for me to use on a daily basis. Then I can take the old computer in and have a complete backup of it done and have all the little pieces moved over. Why can't anybody just create a hard drive copier that is really quick and you can go up to the window or the store or whatever, stick the hard drive in there, and it copies it really quick? How do these bootleg, these hackers or whatever they are, get all their stuff off of computers as quick as they do? I don't know. But it seems like if somebody came up with a high-speed computer copying device, it'd be really cool. All right, there you go. Rant's over. I quit. Uh, Listen, don't forget, follow us on Facebook, the Pipes Magazine Radio Show. Follow me on Facebook at Brian Levine. If you're on iTunes, we would appreciate you leaving a rating and a review for us. Same thing on Stitcher. Leave a rating and review there. We appreciate it. Any comments, questions, post them all at uh, Pipes Magazine on the radio show page. I do read them all. Got any private messages because you're too embarrassed? Email address is brian at pipesmagazine.com. Thank you to Premel for joining me. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you to the Sutliff Tobacco Company. And until next time... Who cares about the clouds when we're together? Just Sing a song and think about sunny weather. Happy It's me, it's me, it's Ernest Yeah, yeah, you were funny. You're funny, all right. You're a scream. You ought to get a job on one of those excursion boats.